think well of me. I appreciate uh, the kind words that Brother Riggin said. And our family, all of us, we love the Riggin family. And uh, we love this church uh, because you are part of that same family. And uh, I echo the fact that Brother Riggin is my closest friend. probably couldn't have a friend that I had to do maintenance on the friendship every week because I'm not much of a caller when I'm not busy. And uh, But anytime there's something we need to talk about, then we call. Amen. But I, uh, uh, you as a church, stay in my prayers and, of course, this family. going on around here the last few years, the desire for the revival that you are longing for, and, uh, and uh, the burden to get it done. We live in a very strange time, and I know there's a lot of opposition. Somewhere this weekend, I felt like I would probably talk about some things related to that, and uh, I felt the Lord talking to me about something that I thought would be tonight, and I, I just uh, I can't get away from it, and uh, so much singing about the Lord this morning, how wonderful the Lord is. I, I don't want to take a long time. I know Sunday morning you're generally, you're, even your body and your mind are kind of on a schedule. And, uh, and so I don't, I don't want to take a long time. But I feel that the Lord wants to talk to somebody today. And uh, why don't you just help me pray right now? Let's ask God to move in this place. God, speak to us, Lord, I pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. Speak to us, Lord, I pray. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. God, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Move in this place this morning, God. Oh. Let's turn to the book of Genesis chapter 29. We're going to read a few verses of scripture. This is Jacob. Verse 5, 
Jacob has been at Bethel, and he's going on, he's looking for his relatives at Haran. Verse 5, he said unto them, Know ye Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said unto them, Is he well? They said, He is well. And behold, Rachel, his daughter, cometh with the sheep. He said, Lo, it is yet high day, neither is it time that the cattle should be gathered together. Water ye the sheep, and go and feed them. They said, We cannot until all the flocks be gathered together, until they roll the stone from the well's mouth. Then we water the sheep. And uh, this is scene is at a probably very familiar place to these people. These were uh, these were nomadic people. They raised animals, sheep and cattle, all throughout that region. Life centered around water because it was a semi-arid place. There was not a lot of water. So it was a very familiar setting. But I want to talk to you a little bit about what went on at the well. And uh, I'll give you a uh, little clearer thought of what I'm feeling this morning, and uh, I really, for just the next few minutes, if you could tune your hearts out, amen, I, I want to obey God, I don't know where all he's taken with this today, but I feel like God really wants to talk to somebody's heart, he really wants to talk to somebody's heart today, praise God, you can be seated. Messages started coming in from different people that we know. It just so happens, Brother Riggin, that year we were here, we went on to Colorado and we preached. And there was a man that we preached for, started a home mission work out there. And uh, my wife had known them for many years. And she had, the, the, the wife had been her school principal, grew up in the same church reminiscing my wife could remember this man talking to her as just a teenage girl and encouraging her to to worship the Lord and to uh, to not hold back and uh, the sad thing is that family the man and his wife left the church and they backslid and their marriage broke up and uh, and I got word this morning that he last night he was killed in a motorcycle died lost without God, and uh, it's, been a, it's been a tough thing to think about that. So many things are so interconnected, and uh, it took us back to that, that same year, and then even further as my wife talked about it. Just now as I'm telling you this, did not even realize how some things that my wife said 
just really fit with what I am feeling today. And I'll probably refer to that again in just a little bit. But this um, gathering at the well, this was a very typical thing. So when Jacob gets to this well of water, he, he, he can tell there's people gathered there, there's herds, there's probably trails leading there. And that led Jacob to that place. He was looking for people because he was looking for his relatives. He was, when he comes up and uh, he looks around, he starts talking to these people, being friendly to them, asking them if they know his relatives. And being the shepherd that he is as well, uh, could not help himself. Uh, maybe this is... One of the reasons why his brother Esau got irritated at him from time to time because a lot of people might have just kept their mouth shut, but he, he was looking at shepherds, but he started telling them their job. He said, you know, uh, it's time to water the sheep so you can get them on the pasture. In just a little while, the cattle are going to start gathering in and be too late to water the sheep. You need to get on about your business. And... Uh, so anyway, he was talking to them, uh, telling them you're going to miss your opportunity to water your sheep. They need to very soon be in the field feeding. Jacob understood the rhythms and the times of how uh, the animal, the livestock would be. And uh, they looked back at him and they said, well, we've got a problem. And that is the people are not here yet who are going to roll the stone away. And we cannot get to the water. The Bible tells us in verse 2 when he came to that well that a great stone was upon the well's mouth. And uh, they said we cannot until all the flocks be gathered together and till they roll the stone from the well's mouth. Then we water the sheep. And uh, the, the setting there, and I've read a little bit about why they would do this. Water was very precious. And uh, they could not afford, especially during dry times, for wild animals to take the water that was intended for their flocks. And so they had to protect it. But I've read that also in many of those communities, just like in the modern-day world, not everybody trusted everybody. And in dry times, somebody might get there early to get more water than was their fair share, and the water might run out. And so the practice was to put a stone over the mouth of the water that was big enough that just one shepherd getting there early couldn't move it. It was going to take more. And uh, they, they laid down the law that we don't, nobody waters their sheep till everybody in the community that is part of this well gets there. And then we will move the stone. This was in place. Uh, as I told you, partly because of wild animals, partly out of necessity. 
But as I've read, a big part of that, Brother Riggin, was out of fear of their fellow man. It was out of uh, uh, somebody, somebody got in a bind somewhere one day, went to the well, and there was not enough left for their flocks. And they looked at their brethren and said, you've been treacherous with me. You've hurt me. And they put their vote in to put the big stone on the well. And uh, whatever it might have had, the, these were people that should have been close, uh, should have been uh, very comfortable working with each other and very trusting of the whole situation. But the size of the stone indicated that that was not the case. When a great stone was put over the mouth, it was more than a fear of wild animals because a wild animal could not even move a smaller stone. But it was maybe some fear of their fellow man, some plan, or even greed within themselves that they wouldn't dare want their fellow man to have more than them. So many different things that it amassed until they put that stone on the mouth of the well. And there they sit so near to water. And, and, and needing to water their flocks and be on out in the field, taking care of business, letting the sheep graze and moving on with life. But they sat there idly. And the reason why is they could not get to the water. The stone was in place. And Jacob was looking at them and saying, you need to move uh, that stone. You need, to, you need to water your flocks. No, we can't do it till." everybody gets here while he was speaking with them while he was talking with them Rachel came with her father's sheep for she kept them and it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel the daughter of Laban his mother's brother and the sheep of Laban his mother's brother that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. Jacob believed in kissing on the first date. He looked at Rachel and met her, and this is my relative's sheep and the Bible says that Jacob went and rolled the stone away himself. That, that belies what some people like to think of Jacob as just a soft little fella, a little bit sissified, living in the tents. Uh, uh, you know, the Bible doesn't say that. It said he was a plain man. didn't say he was a sissy man. And this instant, the great stone kind of leads me to believe that Jacob was somewhat of a he-man himself. We see him coming back to meet Esau, his brother, and we look at, at the fear that's there. And again, we kind of get this little idea of some softness there. And oh, But you, you just put that out of your mind because Jacob was a man who knew he really could not justify lifting a sword against his brother because he knew he had wronged him. He was the reason his brother was angry. was not that he was a soft little fella. Something came over Jacob. Jacob was a man that uh, he knew how to take care of sheep. And he looked at those sheep. And when they belonged to somebody close to him, 
He said, you know, your traditions are fine and, and all of that, and I know somebody's got hurt feelings and somebody's worried about this and that, a betrayal, but it's time to water sheep. And he put his shoulder to the stone and he rolled it away. This little incident, you wonder why it's even in the Bible. You wonder how he's, okay, are we just kind of learning, uh, is it just filler? God doesn't put any filler in the Bible. I know there's things that sometimes we begin to read and, well, the genealogies get long and you say, well, God's just taking up space. I'm telling you that God, uh, the great God of heaven, wanted to talk to mankind about himself and he put it all in a book this size. When the Bible lets us know that when Jesus was here, that the books could not contain the great things that Jesus did. Uh, God had to be selective when he moved on men to write. He didn't put anything in the Bible that's just there to take up space. God put that there for a reason. profess to know the reason any better than anybody else, but I know that as you begin to look at the narrative in the book of Genesis, uh, God could have come down and written us a theological dissertation telling us who he was and how he liked things, but he didn't. He chose to expose himself to us through history. Things begin to play out and things begin to happen, and through his actions, we learn about God. Through his interactions with people, uh, we learn about God. God is dealing with Jacob. God has already prophesied that this is the man that the spiritual lineage will follow. Uh, this is the man I have chosen uh, before his brother, the firstborn. Uh, this is the one. God's dealing with him. God met with him at Bethel. Uh, God's got his hand on him. And Jacob went up uh, and he looked and he saw, okay, hey, I see the great stone that's there and if you fellows want to sit there and wait on whatever you can but when his uh, bride to be came up uh, he said no it's time to roll the stone away and water the flocks somebody's got to move the stone somebody we, we you can't give in I, you rest of you can sit here and let the day pass you by but I'm ready to put my shoulder to the stone and move it. We've got to get to the water. I don't know what came over those men sitting by. They had all probably wanted to do that at one time or another. Somebody that got there at 10 in the morning, needing to get their flocks on out to some good grass. But they had to sit there and twiddle their thumbs and try to make excuses for why they could not roll the stone away themselves. Oh, I know they resented it, but what do you do? I know that they were not truly happy, but what do you do? We're bound up by so many human things uh, that I'm afraid to move the stone. But I'm here to tell you that a spirit of Jacob needs to come over this congregation. It's time to move some stones out of the way. I feel like God came to talk to you today. I know I'm preaching to a good church. I'm preaching to an apostolic church. I love this church. I pray for this church. I still remember the Spirit of the Lord, how it came over me uh, 
one of the recent times I was here and I preached to you about faith in God, that I believe God's going to send this church revival. I believe you've got to lift your expectations higher than you've had them. I still hold on to that. It does not matter to me what's happened between then and now. I still feel it because there's a faithful God who will perform what he's promised. How many of you believe God's faithful? There's some distance between the promise and the answer a lot of times. Yeah, sometimes it's not bed of roses between that time. But if God said it, he will perform it. God doesn't play games with your mind. He puts a promise out there. He's expecting you to hold on to that promise. That promise is there to keep you. But I feel a burden on my heart today for this church. I feel a burden for somebody. I'm not sure who I'm preaching to today, but I feel something. I felt it in the beginning of this service as we worshiped, and hands were going up all over the building, and people were singing and worship. But just like somehow, as I closed my eyes and just felt, I, I, I could hear something going on. As hands were lifted and you were singing about Jesus and all of that, on the outside, everything looked fine, and you were praying and you were worshiping. But you know there's a little problem somewhere down on the inside. There's some inhibition within you. You are not sold out and involved in the work of God like you really want to be. I don't know what all is holding you back. As I go through this message, if God prompts it to me, I'll name it. But I'm telling you, you're letting things hold you back. I'm not preaching to somebody that's dabbling in sin, but maybe maybe I am. That's not the initial feeling. That's not who I'm after, first of all. I'm talking to some good people. I'm talking to some people who love God. But something has happened. It might have been a hurt somewhere. It might be some kind of interfamily situation. Uh, but what it has, it's got a stone over the mouth of your anointing, of your source. I'm telling you, God wants to electrify your life with power and anointing. He wants to move on you. He wants you to be the catalyst for what he plans to do. But you've got a stone in the way. Only you can move it. I can't move it. Your pastor can't move it. Only you can come to grips with it. But I'm telling you, Jacob, you need to get out of that tent and put your shoulder to the stone and say, God, I've got to move this stone out of the way. It's hindered me long enough. I felt this so strongly. I got to rely on the Holy Ghost to get us from here. Hallelujah. I can tell you that there are so many things that God wants to do. Hallelujah. He, he wants a powerful people. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
Uh, you are the source. If I could turn that around, uh, there's some of you that don't even realize the power of God that is innate within us or uh, inside of us since the birth of the Holy Ghost within us. Hallelujah. You got you. You have it. You just don't know it. There's something hindering. It's got it blocked. You you love to come and lift your hands and you know that you're full of the Holy Ghost. It's good to feel the power of the Lord, but there is something. Oh, God, you know in the night that God has stirred you up and has told you you can do things for him and for his church, that you want to be more involved, that there could be more of an outpouring of love and devotion and things, but there's a stone blocking the way. I don't know if somebody made fun of you one time. I don't know if you put yourself out there and said, God, I'll give you everything, and then things didn't happen the way you thought they should, and you're afraid to try again. I'm preaching to somebody, though. God's calling on you this morning. Lay it aside. Put your shoulder to the stone. It doesn't matter who's let you down. It doesn't matter what's happened before. It does not matter what things pull on you. You gotta put your shoulder to the stone. Hallelujah. I could preach another 30 minutes and I wouldn't say anything new over what I've already said. But I'm not going to stop here for a moment until I feel like that this message is getting all the way through. I feel like I'm having to fight through your stone. I'm trying to get down on the inside of your heart and trying to stir something up. Oh, that you got to get tired of whatever stands between you and the unction of the Holy Ghost. Whatever stands between you and running to this altar and crying out, my God, I want to be on your side. Hallelujah. I know I'm preaching to different people. I might be preaching this morning to somebody uh, that it's sin uh, and a temptation for sin uh, that's kept you, uh, that's kept the stone over you. Uh, but I'll tell you, I feel it again. First of all, uh, I am preaching the good saints of God. Uh, your stone is that you're paying your tithes uh, and you're coming to church uh, and you feel like that's enough. Uh, God is challenging you. Uh, it's not what he wants. Uh, he's looked at your sacrifice. Uh, but that's not what he really wants. What he really wants is your heart. What he really wants is you to get the stone out of the way. Move it out of the way. He's looking for somebody to turn it on and to be fervent for him. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. I don't know what you've got. Oh. If I went up and asked you why you're not the first one in the prayer room, I don't know what your answer would be. If I went up to you and asked you why you haven't taught a Bible study in a while, I don't know what your answer would be. You do, and that's your stone. If it's your job, if it's your companion, if it's somebody hindering you, it's a little feeling you've got to get somebody if it's something between you and your pastor, it's a stone. And the longer you let it stay there, the bigger you'll need it to be. You're going to feel like you need protection.
protection. I've got to i got to protect myself. Uh, I've been hurt before. If I get hurt again, I might quit on God. i got to protect myself. I need this big old stone in the way. Uh, you see, the last time I tried to help one of my brothers or sisters, last time I tried to help somebody I thought was hungry for God, I got burned. i got to keep this stone. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to be lost. you got to understand, Brother Burgess, this stone is for my protection. Uh, it's not protecting you. It's hindering your free flow of the anointing of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't expect you to be on your feet. I really expect there to be some thinking going on inside. I expect you to be looking at yourself. Where's my stone? Oh, what is it that hinders me from being what God wants me to be? Why is it I can't pour myself into this with total abandon? Why is it that I look at church is something to keep me saved and something I got to stay faithful to. But it's not my life. It's not my everything. It's not first on the agenda. You got a stone in the way. Uh, the Holy Ghost has come to help you move that stone. I'm here to tell you if you leave it in place, you're going to have to deal with it by yourself. And you may not get it out of the way the next time. But God has walked into this place and he's telling you if you'll put your shoulder to it, he'll give you the unction to move it. He'll give you the power to push it on out of the way. My God is in this place to stir somebody up. Uh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel it so strongly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've come to you with compassion. I love this church. Hallelujah. I love how you've been faithful when at times it would have been easier to be unfaithful. To walk and go somewhere else. To give up on this thing. You're here. Ah, but God's compassion for you is reaching. God's saying it's noon. Why aren't you watering the sheep so you can get on out in the green pastures? It's high time for you to feel my presence, for me to feed you like never before so you can enjoy the glories of God. What is it that holds you back? Well, God, I put this in your place. I put my guard up. I don't want to be lost, God. I'm trying my best. Oh, God, help today. Help somebody to get beyond that stone. Hallelujah, Jesus. Somebody feel after the Lord right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We're not there yet. What I feel as long as I'm pushing with you, you can hold it back enough to feel the presence of the Lord. When I stopped pushing a few moments ago for you, 
you're letting that stone roll back into place. You don't have the strength to move it by yourself. Hallelujah. You don't have the strength for it to just erupt in you in a spontaneous move. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But it's going to happen. God's here to do it. It's not me. I don't have the power to move the stone. Hallelujah. But God does. God's in this place. I know we're tired in our body. Oh, I know that. But I, you got to rally yourself. God's here to talk to somebody. Oh, he's here to awaken that dream on the inside. Oh, that burning desire that you have. Why is it not being manifest? Why are you sitting there day after day? Why is it that you've fallen into a routine and that's as far as you'll stir yourself? There's a stone in place and you've made a few efforts to try and you wonder why there's a hindrance. I'll tell you why. There's a great stone there. But oh, my God wants to move it out of the way. He wants to Take it out of the way. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord in here. Hallelujah. I'm ready to come lay hands on somebody. But I'm telling you, it's not me that's going to move that stone. I'm preaching to good, faithful people. He wants to awaken that anointing and that dream in you. Push the stone out of the way. Hallelujah. This is just the first fruits. Oh, this is just the first fruits. I'm preaching to somebody who's got a great stone. Hallelujah. It's why you hadn't moved yet. Oh, you're not lost, but you got a stone in the way. Hallelujah. God wants to use you in a powerful way. Oh, at times he's stirred up that anointing within you, but it can't get out past the stone. Whatever holds you back, whatever little reservation you have, you got to deal with it today. Let it come erupting up out of you. Let the mighty anointing of God surge in you and move the stone. In the name of Jesus, move the stone. In the name of Jesus, move the stone. Let there be a free flow of the Holy Ghost. Let there be a free flow of the love of God. Oh, God, let it come erupting up out of their bosom. Out of your belly shall flow rivers, rivers, rivers. You got to get the stone out of the way. You can't hoard it. You can't hold on to it like a miser. You got to let it flow out of you. Let it bubble up out of you. God, move the stone. Jesus moved the stone. Jesus moved the stone. Hallelujah. The message is the same as that now dead backslidden preacher told my wife when she was a little girl. He'd say, Shanna, you got to shout. You got to let that break out. You can't sit there on the pew. You got to get out there and worship. You got to get, I'm telling you, somebody's got to shake yourself and get out from behind the stone. Get out from behind the stone. Move it, move it, move it, move it, move it. God's going to do a miracle for you. You put your shoulder to it. Oh, Brother Burgess, the stone I got can't be moved. Oh, you don't know how 
hurt I was 20 years ago. I've been just trying to live with it and stay saved. Put your shoulder to it and watch God move the stone. Jacob, you can do what 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 many shepherds could not do. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, because that bride is worth it all. Oh, for us, it's the bridegroom. He's worth it all. Put your shoulder to it. Don't say you can't. Don't say you can't get over it. Don't say you can't deal with it. Don't say it's going to forever hinder me. It's not going to hinder you. Move that stone. Move that stone. Oh, it's a lie of the devil that says it's too big. It's a lie of Satan that says you can't get over it. It's a lie of Satan that says you've done all you can do. Oh, hallelujah. Put your shoulder to it. Put your shoulder to it. If it's hot with a brother, put your shoulder to it. If it's resentment of a family member or a spouse, put your shoulder to it. Oh. If it's some hindrance between you and the pastor, put your shoulder to it. Oh, the anointing's got to flow. You've got a destiny on you, church. There's a promise of revival, but it's coming through you. It's not coming through somebody else. It's not coming through other members God's got to send. It's got to come through you, and you got to move the stone. you got to move the hindrance. you got to move it, move it, move it, move it, move it. If it's a temptation at your job, you need to get another job. You know, I can't do it. I can't make You put a shoulder to it and watch the Holy Ghost work. You put a shoulder to it and watch the Holy Ghost work. My God is going to move the stone, but you got to put your hands on it. Come on, come on. I feel the anointing moving in this place. Strike while the iron is hot. Ah, uh, yes. Make a promise to God. Put your hand on the stone. You know what it is. Put your hand on the stone and feel the surge of Holy Ghost power working with you. Put a hand on it. Put a hand on it. Put a hand on it. You're going to move 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 it. Jesus, God, let our hunger well up within us. 
I'm tired of being locked behind the stone. I'm tired of being locked in because I'm afraid. I'm tired of being locked in by my laziness. I'm tired of being locked in by my hurts. I got to move it. 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 I don't want to get to the end of another year and say what might have been if I'd have just yielded to God. What might God have done through me if I'd have just pledged myself, if I'd have just prayed more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, come on, come on. Bind together and pray. Pray, pray, pray. We're not finished. Every time we let up, it's like somebody puts the brakes on. Oh, somebody else needs help. They need help putting a shoulder to the stone. Oh, God, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it right now, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, pray one for another. Pray one for another. Bind together and pray. Pray, pray, pray. is wanting to say, Lazarus, come forth. But before he can do it, you got to move the stone. Move the stone. Move the stone. And he's going to resurrect your dream. He's going to resurrect Lazarus, his friend. Yes, he is. But you got to move the stone. You know what it's like to walk so closely with God. Uh, you've been Lazarus' friend. Uh, some things have died, but it's time to resurrect it. Move the stone. Lazarus, come forth. Move the stone. Lazarus, come forth. Move the stone. Lazarus, come forth. Jesus. Lord, we're hungry. Lord, we're hungry. Lord, we're hungry for this. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, God, oh God, let it out. Let it out. Let there be a free, free flow of your anointing.
Oh, come on, saints. Come on, saints. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing or not doing. This is your stone. You've got to get it out of the way. This is your stone. You've got to push it. some folks today. Come on, put your shoulder to it. Let's push it out of the way.